My song might haunt your dreams Tonight I'm the man From God knows where Singer, songwriter, painter, essayist, collaborator, criminologist, folk, country, Americana, beat. All of the above, none of the above. This is Tom Russell's podcast from God Knows Where. John Yolkenbeck from Frontera Records, back again with another edition of the podcast from God Knows Where, with today's special guest, the legendary Ramblin' Jack Elliott. The two-time Grammy winner has been Arlo Guthrie's babysitter, a participant of Bob Dylan's historic Rolling Thunder review, and he was one of the best men at Tom Russell's wedding. Tom, anything you'd like to add to that by way of introduction? I think, uh, John, great to be here. I think we'll let Jack add most of it. I think he's ready to go. He's got a busy uh, afternoon planned ahead. I've got five key questions for him. Let's just call Ramblin' Jack Elliott. All right, let's give him a call. Hello. Is this Ramblin' Jack Elliott? Yeah, this is Jack. This is Tom Russell. Great to hear your voice, Jack. John, welcome back. Oh, howdy, John. Okay, here's the first question. Ramblin' Jack Elliott is a young kid living in Brooklyn, I think on Eastern Parkway or something, and he sees a guy riding on. I lived on Linden Boulevard, which is nowhere near Eastern Eastern Parkway, but Eastern Parkway uh, was a famous street, world famous street, very pretty, a lot of trees. I made my mistake. Lind- had, had a horseback track running down one side. Yeah. L- Linden Boulevard, and you saw a guy riding a horse outside your window. Oh, yeah. Well, I'd been reading a bunch of Will James books, you know, since I was 12, and uh, I saw my first rodeo in Madison Square Garden when I was nine in the year 1940. Gene Autry was the live singing star on horseback. He come in on the horse called Champion. And... uh I became an instant fan of Gene Autry's. Listened to his radio program, Melody Ranch, I think it was called. And uh, started reading those Will James books a couple of years later, about when I was 12. And uh, I've read just almost every book Will James wrote. He's wrote about 23 uh, books about cowboy life. And this fella come riding down the street one day, early, I was in bed, uh, it, was the, it was the first day of school for the, the fall semester of 1945. We were just out of World War II. We had horse-drawn wagons all over the place back then. There was, there was uh, milk wagons, Borden's milk pulled pull by horse, and uh, they had uh, uh, knife-sharpening wagons, and they had vegetable farmers from out Long Island that sold vegetables from horse-drawn wagon. I was used to seeing horses, and I liked them, and I heard the, the hoof, hoof beats coming down the street, but I didn't hear any wheels squeaking. Oh, my God, that must be somebody a horseback. Jumped out of bed, ran to the window. I looked out, and there's this cowboy riding right past my house 
on a horse. So I got just in a hurry, run downstairs, jumped on my bicycle, and I caught up with him in about one or two blocks down the street, and I rode with him. I rode alongside this cowboy for about three miles. He said he'd ridden all the way from Montana on that horse, and that was not exactly true, but his his name was H.T. Wesley, Tiny Wesley. Horse's name was Shorty. Tiny and Shorty said he, he rode all the way in from Montana to enter the saddle bronc riding in Madison Square Garden Rodeo. He was just feeding me a line. <laughs> but I was very impressed anyhow, and it felt good riding alongside that horse. Did Tom some, say something about he, he wanted to ride to the ocean? No, a stable out there. No, it was nowhere near the ocean. He's talking about Ocean Parkway. That's a famous street, but I didn't live near there. I used to like looking at it. But it went out towards where Woody lived, where Woody Guthrie lived out there at Coney Island, but I didn't know him yet. This, I didn't. That was 1945. I didn't meet Woody until six years later. I met Woody in 1951. And, of course, everybody knows how much you were influenced by Woody. We won't go into that extensively, uh, but we know you loved Woody, and uh, enough said. Get to the part where you become Buck Elliott. Well, when I was 15, I ran away from home, and I ended up getting a job on a traveling rodeo and Wild West show called the J.E. Ranch Rodeo. And uh, Bill Parks was the shoot boss there at the rodeo and hired me on as a groom for two dollars a day and he asked me what my name was i told him my name he couldn't pronounce it so they said uh we'll just call you poncho <laughs> and so i became poncho p-a-n-c-h-o p-o-n-c-h-o is a ground cloth you can also use it as a, as a rain cape something you wear poncho but this is poncho p-a-n-c-h-o like poncho via so how did you become buck well when i started playing the guitar after i got home back from that three months runaway trip on that rodeo we had a clown uh, that uh, was a bullfighting clown named Bramer Rogers, and he played banjo and guitar and sang hillbilly songs and cowboy songs, and he would entertain us rodeo hands up in the stands between the afternoon show and the evening show. And we'd put a quarter in his hat. And uh, when I got back home, I found an old guitar in the closet, and uh, I started playing on it. And I started... I was, I was playing about four or five hours a day in the kitchen, just listening to records of cowboy songs, and I got me a book of cowboy songs. The first song I ever learned, I think, was Red River Valley. Do you want to sing a few notes of that? Well, sure. From this valley they say you are going. We will miss your bright eyes and sweet smile. For they say you'll be taking the sunshine 
that is brightened our pathway a while. Great job, Jack. Now, fa nice. fast forward nice. to when he became Ramblin' Jack Elliott. How did he become Ramblin' Jack Elliott? Well, that was many years later, in 1954. I was out. I drove uh, an old Buick with Woody Guthrie and Billy Fair out to California. Woody was buying some land in Topanga Canyon. And I ended up staying in Topanga Canyon there. Woody just appeared only a few hours after we arrived in Topanga. And he hitchhiked all the way back to the East Coast and ended up in a hospital. And it was then that he uh, started his 13-year career dying in a hospital. Uh -huh. But he lasted, lasted 13 years. He had that Huntington's disease. That killed his mother is a hereditary disease. Arlo's lucky he never got it. But uh, there was a gal who uh, came out to hear me sing, and she was uh, a folk singer herself from Alabama, Odetta. And she lived on Sunset Boulevard. She lived with her mom, and I bought a Model A Ford, and, and I found there was a man who lived on Sunset Boulevard that owned about a half a dozen Model A's, and I'd go visit him and uh, start learning about how to fix my Model A and how to tune the brakes, you know, and how to tune up the engine and so forth. He lived right across the street from Odetta. Wow. So I'd... After a couple hours of Model A culture, I'd go across the street and knock on the door, Odetta. And uh, the first time I got over there, her mother answered the door and bade me to come in. She says, you can sit here in the living room. Uh, Odetta's in the bathtub right now. You're going to have to wait. So I sat there and waited for, seemed like... Uh, a better part of an hour, I could hear her splashing in the bathtub and singing to herself. <laughs> but, uh, doggone, I was getting a little bit bored waiting, you know, so I, I kind of strode on down the hallway. The, the bathroom door was closed, and I I spoke to Odetta through the door, and I started telling her stories about this wonderful Model A Ford that I got from a farmer in Santa Ana for only $15. It was a 1928 Cabriolet or Victoria. And uh, by golly, it still had some black paint on. Uh, the horizontal surfaces were all rust-colored. I ended up serenading James Dean from that car. Wow. And I had no idea you knew James Dean, which really blows my mind. He was in his Porsche. He had that white Porsche with that white girlfriend with the white fur coat. And I had my black and rust Model A. The only fresh paint on it was I painted the radiator shell bright red. You could see me coming down Sunset Boulevard. So who was it that made you rambling, Jack? Stop him! <laughs> so so you've been rambling here a little, Jack, because we still haven't found out how you became rambling, Jack. Thanks for bringing me back on track. The end answer is in sight. <laughs> well, the next time I went to see Odetta, I knocked on the door. Odetta's mother peeked at me through the little peephole, and she opened the door a crack, and I heard her yelling back to her daughter, Odetta, rambling Jack is here. Yeah. <laughs> Great story.
Yeah, Odetta was great. I, on the Nancy Griffith tour, I got to work with Odetta, the great Dave Van Ronk, Donovan. It was so wonderful to get to know her, and she closed the show every night. A great, great folk singer. That's so I, that's how I got christened Ramblin' Jack. Give us a humorous anecdote about hanging out in the early days with Bob Dylan. <laughs> uh, I, I guess I must have spent about five years with Bob, and that first month we were together, he was asking me a lot of questions about Woody all the time because he was a big, big, big fan of Woody Guthrie's, as was I, and still am. Well, he moved into the same hotel where I was living, the Earl Hotel, where on the third floor, Bob was in 302, I was in 310, and uh, Peter Lafarge was right next door to me in 312. So we saw a lot of each other for about a year there in 1962. And then Bob got his own apartment over on 4th Street. And then he wrote positively 4th Street. And then he moved to Woodstock, New York. I bumped into him on 6th Avenue just around the corner one day. And Bob, he's uh, shifting from one foot to another. I think he was had kind of an itch to, to be gone. And he says, I'm, I'm going to move up to Woodstock. I'm, I'm, I'm getting out of this music business. I'm going to be a painter. I said, well, good luck with the painting, Bob. Stop there. Speaking of painters, Jack met Willem de Kooning. Yeah. You uh, want to stare at de Kooning, a friend of mine who was uh, part Native Indian, American Indian guy from, uh, I knew him in Hollywood as a painter and an artist and just a general good fellow named Jason Crum, and he later came to New York, and he was painting in New York and riding a 500 single matchless motorcycle, dirt bike, and drew, doing paintings of motorcycle racing. And uh, one day he brought in Willem de Kooning to hear me sing at the Gaslight, and I knew, I knew that somebody really good was in the audience because when he heard something he liked, he'd start clapping right then. He didn't wait till the uh, song was over. He'd just start clapping right now as soon as they, he heard a word he liked or a note I played, and he'd start clapping. So I, I knew that uh, somebody important and interesting, probably an artist, was in the audience. So when I finished my set and the audience all left the building, I ran out, too, hoping to meet de Kooning or whoever it was. And it was de Kooning. And there was Jason, Jason Crum, introduced me to de Kooning. And de Kooning says, you know, he had a uh, Dutch accent. He says, I'm going to paint the painting. And the title of the painting will be Sing Us a Song, Jack Elliott. I don't know if he ever painted it. And he was like the richest painter that ever lived. All right. Are you ready for another question, Jack? Yeah, sure. Fire away. Tom wants you to talk about your duet with him on Sky Above, Mud Below. Well, I can't remember much about it, except it came off real smooth. And uh, I had trouble remembering the words, unfortunately, (laughs) and I know... Thomas invited me to join him on that song, and it's a 
It's a, it's a blood-curdling thing to listen to that record. I love it. When I saw you in St. Louis, um, we brought you out to an RV that we had out back, and you joined us and had a little bit of whiskey, I think, and you were trying to get through the song during the second part of the show. Jack, to wrap up, tell us what it's like being Ramblin' Jack Elliott out on the road today. I mean, I've known about you I knew you were out on the road in 1953. You went to Europe. You sang on the street. What's the difference now and then in traveling? And you're an inspiration for all of us, and we love you. Well, I've got a Ford F-350 diesel pickup, and uh, I'd much rather go touring in that than in anybody else's airplane or motels. I'm really tired of rambling on it. People stop me on the street and say, are you rambling? I said, I'm trying to quit. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't like rent cars and motels and, uh, I, I, I wouldn't mind it if I could do it in a bus. That would be very cool. Do you have any recording plans? No, not in particular. Jack's still learning how to type. Uh, Roy Rogers has been recording some, uh, spoken word stuff. He's got, I don't know how many hours, over 10 hours of me talking, uh, stories from out of the past that he's spent a lot of money recording me in some studio here in uh, Sonoma County uh, on somebody's ranch, and it's not a very comfortable situation, uh, the recording studio, and it's uh, it's hard for me to get inspired to, to uh, remember stories from out of the past, because he's in another room, and he's talking to me over a microphone. I, I hear him in the, in the headset, you know, but I can't even see him. He's, he's around the corner and through a window somewhere. Thank you, Jack, for everything, for being our best man. We're going to share another bottle of Bob Dylan whiskey soon and get you on another train <laughs> and let you get out and do your stuff today. Thank you, Ramble Jack. Yes, yes. I'm going over to have lunch with a, a very fine musician who has a house full of antique guitars, and I'm looking for another guitar. So I might, I might, if I'm lucky, I might end up leave, leaving not only with a full stomach but with a, a full guitar case. And uh, his name is Banana. With that, we say we love you, Jack. I love you too, Tom, and it's been fun talking with y'all and sorry i can't remember things i ate too much swiss cheese you know the holes get in your brain <laughs> nadine likes that she's from switzerland i heard that all right jack thank you very much we appreciate your phoning in with us you're very welcome how great is Tom Russell? He is terrific. Isn't he tremendous? He really creates a mood. Yeah, it's always the best. I would like to quit this job and just travel with him. Travel with him? If, if the money can be worked out. I'm sure, yeah. I was going to say. <laughs>